Welcome to Help From Future Self. Hey, Archons. Welcome to another episode of Help From Future Self. It's that conversational Keyforge podcast by and for Keyforge friends across the globe. My name is Scuzzy Gruen. I am also known as Alex to my Keyforge friends far and wide. And I'm joined by two of my Keyforge friends right now as I am every week. We've got my coach, my Keyforge compadre. It's Boulevard Blake. What's happening, buddy? Hey, man. Super excited for this episode. I'm super excited as well. And of course, returning for a record third appearance in a row, it is our pal SC Steele. What's going on, Sydney? Not much. Happy to be here. I'm also very happy you're here. And I figure we would start off this episode with just a bit of really good news. Um, this is an announcement that might not be a surprise to a lot of people, but it's one that I am very, very excited to make. Um since the moment that we first had Sydney on the podcast as a guest, both Blake and I were so blown away by what you brought in terms of knowledge and energy and enthusiasm and chemistry with the Help From Future Self format. Um, obviously, you know, Blake and I have been doing this together for, for quite some time. We've had our friend, you know, Rick as part of the cast for quite some time as well. But it's so rare that we've ever had a guest that we felt gelled with us so well. And, you know, from people who listened to the show, we were getting that same feedback. People were so excited about your very first appearance and each subsequent appearance. And so I'm super happy to announce that Sydney is going to be a regular and recurring host on Help From Future Self going forward. So congratulations and thank you so much, Sydney. It's so good to have you here. You're making me blush. <laughs> yeah, Sydney, it's awesome to have you on. Like, I feel like we need to congratulate ourselves because we get you. you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Very much so. In the spirit of good news, as well as just news in general, this is going to be the very rare episode of Help from Future Self where we do brand new news. Um, generally speaking, I think that we try to keep our formats a little more speculative or a little more evergreen in general because I find that old news episodes don't have a lot of replayability for me as a podcast listener. It's not something I'm super interested in outside of the week something drops. But actually, uh, there's just so much going on in the world of Keyforge that I didn't feel, and I think that we all agreed that it was possible for us not to spend basically our entire episode this week addressing all of the stuff that has come around over the course of the last seven days since we recorded. Are you guys ready to dive in? Yeah. yeah let's do it. Okay, excellent. So let's get things started with a bit of what I would consider to be bad news. Um, I had been complaining about this a little bit on Twitter, but we finally got word from the folks at FFG that there was in fact going to be a delay on Dark Tidings. As, as we all know, the original announced release date was March 12th, and it has become abundantly excessively clear that that is not happening for the vast majority of people. Mm -hmm, yeah. Some people have already gotten it, but then some people won't get it for as late as mid-April. Yeah, which seems bonkers to me. Um, the official reason given on FFG's website is that there's shipping delays. I have a bit of a hard time buying that as a proper excuse. I understand that things are very difficult right now in the world of shipping, but they've had so much time to sh get this stuff ready to go and ship out that either their timeline of March 12th was way, way, way too uh, like optimistic 
or else there's something else going on. I'm not going to speculate on what that something else might be, but I do think it is a major disappointment to, of course, have to push back a date and then to not really say anything about it until the actual date was upon us. I'm keeping head tabs on when my uh, shipment's going to get to me because my my local game store is going to have some in stock. And if they get it before my shipment is sent, I'm totally buying it there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've heard some things from different places that when things are being sent out from certain countries, they're being held. Or when they're arriving into countries, it's being held. Uh, Mm Because I know I was looking to buy some decks from like Hong Kong and then they were saying like they would not be able to ship it for me for, for like two or three months because of the they're like not allowed to just ship it out right away like has to be held somewhere before it gets shipped out weird certain countries so i'm wondering if that has something to do with it because they because you notice they didn't say everywhere it's like certain countries will be receiving it at different times so i think it might have to do with that because they specifically referenced in this like oh you're in canada canada holds things before they come in from when they're being shipped from here yeah and it's definitely not a language print run either because multiple different languages have actually already hit stores yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder how much of it has to do with like location and proximity to where decks are actually printed. Like I'm wondering if the Chinese language decks uh, are, are printed actually in uh, mainland China or in Hong Kong mm. and it then are you know available there because they don't actually have to leave the place where they were created. Um, yeah. That's a possibility. But of course, this is just speculation on our part. One way or the other. Um, I would encourage you, if you are an FFG employee listening to this, I know you probably don't have any control over how these press releases or announcements go on, but it always leaves a bad taste in my mouth when I hear about these kinds of delays through the fan community um, before I ever hear about it from the company, uh, especially, too, when people might be, like, planning virtual events or launch parties or when we get back into real life, you know, actual events around the date of release. Um, It's a feels bad moment when you feel like the company cares less than the fans about something that should be integral to the company's business. Agreed. Um, We have started to see, however, a bunch of pictures of dark tidings uh, coming up on people's social media, but people are not able to play with these decks online for a couple of different reasons. Uh, The first one is we don't have enough out uh, in the wild, I don't think, for them to be able to do all of the programming necessary to make things available on TCO. I haven't been keeping up with any announcements around this on TCO, but uh, it's kind of a moot point at this point because as part of the delay announcement, FFG acknowledged the fact that you can't actually scan your decks right now. I know. I'm actually, so I mentioned this to you guys before, but I'm I'm holding out hope that the delay is because they are trying to get the Master Vault to read enhancements. I know that that would affect the Mass Mutations cards, but and that actually isn't an issue. They, they did say that um, the issues with the Master Vault are only affecting de- decks from Dark Tidings. So, it's probably not that, but but that keeps my hopes up. I wonder if that was the reason why, like, because remember we had an original February date of release and then it got mm-hmm. pushed back to March 12th. Oh, yeah. I'm wondering if maybe that's the whole delay was there was a Master Vault issue that they were trying to go and it just kept not working, not working. And then like, okay, we can't delay this anymore. They just won't be able to scan them. And they kind of decided to uh, bite the bullet and allow it to go out. And that's why everything got delayed. That is a scary, scary proposition because you would think that this would be a problem that if they've been aware of it for that long, they would have a solution or an understanding of how to fix the issue. But if they don't and it's an issue only affecting the new set, then and please, please. 
This is pure speculation on my part. I obviously am not an expert in technology or the technology specifically used to generate the QR codes that are on Archon cards that allow you to scan your decks, but it only impacting the new set means that there has to be something with that process that's being impacted. Like, obviously, they have the ability to input just the cards. There's no math or gameplay or logic that has to go into the Master Vault beyond just you read the QR and you identify what cards are in the deck based on that and what the deck's name is. Mm-hmm. So does that, makes that me think suggest that Sydney there's a printing thinks. issue? <laughs> I, I think it's it's probably could be with what Sydney thinks. It's And it's just they're trying to get another layer of, layer of the enhancements thing because that to me seems like um, it makes sense with this because why else wouldn't the scan? Like you said, it doesn't make sense unless they're trying to do something to make something work that didn't exist before and that's the only thing i can think of so i think that's probably the the best speculatory uh, view if i can also put a positive spin on this to sure. me personally like two negatives make a positive if i had actually received dark tidings decks by now and wasn't able to scan them in i think i would be more frustrated but also because i can't play with dark tidings decks because they haven't been sent to me i kind of in a in a small way feel like other people not being able to scan them in makes up for the fact that I can't have my hands on them at all. So it's it's a kind of a weird but good two pairs of problems to have together. <laughs> I mean, I don't disagree with you. I think you're right. Um, no doubt it's a weird time for the for the the set to be coming out. I mean, FFG does not even officially acknowledge the existence of TCO, which is the way that the vast majority of players of Keyforge in the world have to play right now, except for those rare places where they can play in person. You know, the countries that allow gatherings uh, of large enough size to make it worth it. So it's people playing kitchen kitchen table Keyforge and people playing on TCO. And I would hazard a guess that, uh, you know, a, a significant proportion of the people Uh, who are psyched for the set to come out are regular TCO users. So basically they're releasing a set into the wild with the official understanding that, all right, right now there's no OP, so it's just kitchen table play. Um, But with all the players going, well, when will I be able to play it on TCO? (laughs) I'm actually preparing for this already. I've I've got some ideas in my head and some different things I'm trying to... uh, cook up to allow myself to enjoy the decks without being able to play them online. So um, I'm not going to say much more about it, but if you are very curious about this, then you have to tune into my key thoughts vlog this week, because that's what it's going to be all about, how I'm going to be playing these Dark Tiding decks if we cannot scan them or jam them on TCO. And if you're not already subscribed to Boulevard Blake's channel, where he talks about Keyforge in both terms of gameplay, in terms of his general thoughts, deck openings, and everything else related to the game. What's wrong with you? Get on that right now. (laughs) That's Boulevard Paper Fight, and um, I'm going to be starting upping my Patreon on you. So all those decks I'm opening, I think for my Patreon supporters, I'm going to start giving away the decks I open because the collection is getting too big. So once I've opened them and jammed them once on stream, I think I want to start giving them to people who've been supporting me. That's That's exciting. very generous of you. A quick note about Dark Tidings. Just saw this on Twitter, uh, posted by the good folks of the Wild Wormhole podcast, right before we started recording. It looks like in the new deck, when you open it up, you are now getting a card, a customized card to your deck that has all of the keywords associated with it. And it's, I believe, uh, per Blake, you were thinking it was on the other side of the Tide card that is included with your deck in Dark Tidings. 
Yes, the Call of Discovery episode where Aaron, the lead Keyforge design, comes on and chats with our friends over there. Uh, he mentioned that they're utilizing the 38th card in the decks now, and it's now the Tide card. But I don't think the Tide is going to exist in the set that follows Dark Tidings. It's very unique to Dark Tidings. But the 38th card will always exist, apparently, moving forward. And they, he said he was looking for ways to explore the use of this card. So I guess the constant will be this keywords uh, reference. And then the other side is going to be something unique that they're looking to uh, advance as they move forward, which is uh, exciting to know that they are uh, doing that, having an extra card and thinking it as part of the game development. I think that's really interesting and unique for the game moving forward. Interestingly, in the image itself, the cards were printed with the words and the descriptions. So the the reference has it there more for what will be in your deck because if the cards themselves have everything printed on them anyway, then you'll be able to read that as you're playing. I wonder if going forward, they may actually stop printing the text on the cards that go with these keywords. Oh, interesting. Like there's no descriptor, just say elusive and we expect you to know what elusive is at this point. If you don't, here's a reference card type of thing. Right. Oh, I like that. I think that's a good idea. It allows more space probably for flavor text, right? That's what we're mm -hmm. all hoping for. <laughs> you know what? I do like some flavor text. And it is my dream that someday we are going to have algorithmically generated aspects <gasps> of flavor text. Ooh. Love it. You know, obviously you don't want an algorithm choosing all the words, but maybe if the algorithm worked in the name of your deck or the name of another card in your deck into something, wouldn't that be yeah. cool? Wouldn't that, that would be some really extra awesome. flavor? Um, yeah, so just a, a, a positive angle on the new set being released. Um, as you well know, uh, if you've been listening to the previous episodes, Sydney has been hoovering up all the spoilers she can get a hold of. Myself and Blake have been trying to avoid them so that we can get that full-on Call of Discovery uh, experience where we go in uh, kind of blind, not knowing too much about the set, and really uncover it through gameplay. I'm still super excited for Dark Tidings. Like, all bad news regarding the delays and not being able to scan to the Master Vault aside, it's still a new set in a game that I love. And I love the moment when a set is released before things get codified, before anybody knows what's good, before SAS is dialed in so that there's no common understanding of anything and it feels like everything is fresh and new. Oh, you're, you're preaching to the choir over here. I'm I'm so excited for that. And I'm, I'm blessed to have one of the people in my my like close circle that I see every week does like to play Keyforge with me. Just one friend, but we hang out in person. So I, I think I may even do some uh, a couple of games with him where we literally open the deck, don't look at a single card, and just draw into the deck, like play truly sealed blind, and and discover the game that way with him. I'm really looking forward to doing that. Like I'm actually getting a little too excited thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the uh, the benefit of having a husband that plays Keyforge is that we can throw down anytime. So as soon as yeah. those decks hit our door, we are putting the, putting the kids to sleep and playing. <laughs> <laughs> Mom, it's like three o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> it's bedtime. <laughs> exactly. Here, this is a gravel. Take this and, and go to sleep. <laughs> Hilarious. But of course, that was not the only good news coming from FFG this week, or at least not the only news coming from FFG this week. Alongside the announcement of the delays to Dark Tidings, we got a 
crazy cool announcement of something called Keyforge Adventures. So um, you you can go right over to the Fantasy Flight Games website and look right on the news to actually read the entire article. But I'll put a link in the show notes in case people uh, have not seen this yet. Yes, yes, that'd be great. One of the key things that you, key, (laughs) one of the things (laughs) that, uh, like the high level overview I will provide you with is that this is a way to play either single player or cooperative Keyforge against an automated deck opponent. And I love that idea so very much. I know each of you has had an experience with FFG's products that have done this. Blake, you've played Marvel Adventures. Uh, Sydney, you've played- uh, uh, Arkham Horror. Uh, Arkham Horror, it's, it's yeah. I was Marvel say Champions, Alex, before oh, people geez. start cringing on the other side. <laughs> I don't know. I don't play the game. Marvel yeah. Champions and- <laughs> Marvel Champions and Arkham Horror. I was going to call it Call of Cthulhu, so that would have been a twofer on on improper names. <laughs> and Never I've let it be said that I know Rings. what I'm talking about. Um, and you've also played Lord of the Rings. I didn't realize that had that component to it. But it just high level, you're going to be able to take your existing decks and play them against an automated deck opponent, or you're going to be able to play them in concert with your friends and their decks against an automated opponent. I am so very excited for this. Just first impressions, Sydney. So it's going to be super exciting that one, it has multiple difficulty levels, but two, it has, it looks like it has solo play. The way they introduce it on the, and the article says that you can play by yourself or if you have one or two friends. So both of these are options for me. Excellent. What about yourself? I like that too. Yeah, well, I'm, there's, there's two things I'm super excited about. One is the fact that FFG has, proven pedigree of success with creating LCGs. Mm-hmm. Yes. They've done it for, they created a Game of Thrones game that's run its course. They did the same thing with Lord of the Rings that's run its course. Uh, they have Arkham Horror, which is just the most fantastic and interesting way. And then they also have Marvel Champions, which is a little bit more casual. Um, the thing I will say that makes me excited about this the most though is the greater lore development that we're going to get yes. from this. And, I, and I'm hoping they take the Arkham Horror route because that's the cool thing about Arkham, Arkham Horror is you get so much lore and this like role-playing aspect to the game. And I'm wondering if we're going to see that avenue where it's almost a bit like that or, if, or like which avenue they're going to take from their different LCGs in terms of how you play. You're singing my tune, like flavor text to the max. <laughs> yeah. It's so really cool. The two things that have been announced uh, are two different Keyforge adventures. The first one is called Rise of the Key Racken. So the little little Rise of the Kraken gag there, but uh, with a little Keyforge flavor. And we get a nice picture of what this mythological creature looks like. Um, and then another one called the Abyssal Conspiracy, uh, in which the uh, teaser image that they show is just a bunch of different cards that are labeled as location. Um, and if you actually read the article, it sort of gives a, a really good idea of what gameplay might look like in a cooperative setting, which is very exciting for me because I like the idea, Blake, of you and myself and Rick sitting down and going, okay, what deck did you bring? All right, here's how we're going to plan our strategy against a um, opponent deck at this level because it involves shared resources. You have like a shared battle line between the cards in your deck or you have shared amber um, that can be used and spent on things like moving between locations or doing certain things within the game. There isn't a huge amount of details here about how it actually works, but that's very appealing. Yeah, one of the things they said is that like one player's reaping can be spent during the player's next turn. So the fact that you're working together means that you don't have to be good at something where if one of your teammates is, you just have strengths that complement each other. 
which is very much in the vein of what they've done with their previous LCGs. Is there's different classes within each game that uh, provide the ability to do a certain aspect of the game very well. And then you build your deck based on that aspect. And the idea is your party comes together and each person has a specialty or you overload one thing and then just go to town. So I think that's kind of the idea with it. But so far, I only see kind of two avenues they have which seems to be like the fighting aspect where you have a big board big creatures and then you have the ember control side of things so it's uh it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out and what happens for things like um because i'm sure there is going to be a, a description for this if it says like discard cards or something like that how does that affect your um your opponent as the deck does that mean you just discard cards off the top of the deck or i'm sure they'll have some clarification or are those just dead cards that you discard on your turn as you would when they don't have any uh, effect in a game of keyforge i'm super excited for more details on the actual mechanics because one mm. of the things that it says is that the key racken only needs to spend amber to advance four times to win but what does that mean are they forging four mm -hmm. keys are they spending six amber each time what do they need to get to like what are the goals i already want to start searching my decks to see which ones will be good in this game yeah i'm with you sydney and that's a I'm nice segue you. into the next thing I wanted to talk about, which is just last week on this podcast, the three of us were discussing the idea of maybe this whole idea of what do I do with my quote unquote bad decks, <laughs> you know, is 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 one of the central ones to Keyforge. And we've been looking at it all wrong. This opens up a whole new avenue for what to do with your non-competitive decks or decks that aren't, you know, quote unquote, normally casually fun to play or that you just haven't touched in a while. What if... Us as collaborative players playing Rise of the Key Rackin or playing uh, the Abyssal Conspiracy, just pick a deck at random and see what we can make out Ooh. of it in that scenario. What if Ooh. we pick, I'll agree to pick, all right, we're going to play at this level of difficulty and pick a deck under 65 SAS or under 60 SAS. Or, you know, one of us can have a very powerful deck or the other two have to, you know, then choose a much lower power. Or we agree on some sort of configuration thereof. And I like that idea a lot because it opens up whole new avenues of things to do with decks that you aren't playing in competitive or regular chain bound play. Bring out your best reversal AOA. deck. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually thinking of the AOA lack of Ember Control because if you as a player don't need to have Ember Control and then you have these cool AOA decks that you're like, oh, I love this deck, but I just can't take my opponent off check when they get there. But And they're going to have a big board. That means you can fit that role within a game where you don't need the Ember Control maybe and one of your teammates will have that. So it gives you the ability to play these really cool, neat board-based decks that existed in AOA that kind of you had to say, I just can't win because I can never take my opponent off check. I'm just so excited for the combos that we've never seen before or that maybe you've mm. never seen before because you don't have it in your deck. But the cards that work together, like you play a, a subject Kirby and you don't have a deck with a subject Kirby and a a different creature they, that you're playing another deck that has that creature. So many different combinations that we've still never seen before can happen. Super yeah, duper like exciting. The most exciting aspect of this for many people, I'm sure, and for me as well, is the fact that they are making these first two Keyforge adventures free to play. You will be able to download Rise of the Key Rackin and the Abyssal Conspiracy print and play on your own. I plan to do so. I'm going to be playing some single player Keyforge. That is not a euphemism, but that is literally what I am talking about <laughs> doing. Um, uh, I assume that you both as well, perhaps Sydney, you and your husband will be able to get in some games. Blake, oh. the moment that we can get together in person with Rick, I know we're going to be taking this on. Oh yeah. You better believe well, it. 
There's actually something that I noticed in the wording, and I may be wrong, but in the spirit of speculation, <laughs> I noticed they said that that they said that there's going to be something in the coming weeks, okay, for the for the KeyForge adventures that you can download, and then they said specific time frames for the next two things. So mm-hmm. what I think we're going to see is a KeyForge adventure kind of base set comes out, which means that you can maybe throw something in this and it will work any of your sets because they specifically reference the key Rackin and the abysmal, whatever it was, is uh, is actually supposed to pair with Dark Tidings. And I think this is one of the things they have is like your Dark Tiding decks, you may not be able to scan them and whatnot, and but you have a way to play them in the single player format with them. And I think we're going to see the original Keyforge Adventure come out as a base sort of, this is what makes up the opponent deck. And then you add each each sort of um, scenario to this. So you always have the base stuff and then you have the things you add to it. And these, this base one will work with the decks we currently have. And then these new ones are supposed to pair with the new set. And then we'll see probably official releases that you can buy, like uh, expansion packs, I have a feeling, will be something we see that create new villain scenarios type of thing. That would be really cool and also super in line with some of the other games that they have. That's what makes me think that they're going to do it this way because I don't know if I misread it wrong, but I noticed that they said it's something is going to be in the coming weeks and then they said Kirakin comes mid-April and then the other one in a few weeks after that. So that's what made me think. Yeah, now that I'm looking at the wording, it's very possible that uh, Rise of the Kirakin and the Abyssal Conspiracy are not free and it's just Keyforge Adventures, like the rule set that is free to download. So... Please take what I previously said about print to play as as being a a a, a pure speculation at this point. Um, that's, I really, that's what I think. I think yeah. they're giving us this like kind of core set to work with mm-hmm. and test out with decks we currently have in the meantime. And I and it would make sense too because if everything's delayed, this gives you something to sink your teeth into in the meantime. Mm-hmm. And then you see everything else come out following the the release of Dark Tidings and the way it pairs with that set. Yeah, it'll be a race between whether the Kirakin scenario comes out first or we actually get our Dark Tidings deck. <laughs> a very good point, Sydney. And, you know, ultimately this, this I think, is an answer to the question that people have been asking basically since quarantine started, which was, how am I supposed to play Keyforge uh, when, you know, I can't get together with my friends to play Keyforge? Uh, what if I don't like TCO or what if I can't find games on TCO I want to play? This is the answer to that question. Single player Keyforge. Um, it's it's elegant. It's simple and something that FFG has a proven track record with. So very exciting to see how this works out. Absolutely. I'm also curious to see if this is maybe a means of pulling in some of those players that are utilizing their other games that love the LCG but maybe don't like the competitive nature that Keyforge kind of inherently will have but they like the idea of Keyforge like you don't get to choose or build your deck you have to play with something you get so this maybe will appeal to a new fan base and get more people interested in the game of Keyforge and it could be like that gateway drug where oh I love playing it this way and the way the decks works like I wonder what it would be like playing this game in a competitive setting against someone else and not with my friends. I think it'd be so funny to have that dichotomy and have people enter Keyforge with these types of games not even realizing like their their SAS 90 decks are just so yeah. amazing and fantastic but <laughs> it beats the Kirakin every time I wonder why. Yeah, that would be cool. 
a new angle on Keyforge is always something we're open to, and I guarantee you that once we get a better look at what the Keyforge Adventures looks like, we will be dedicating episodes to talking about how it plays and perhaps trying to get some games in ourselves for that purpose. We cannot end an episode of Help from Future Self without the titular segment. This one's called... Help from Future Self. Sydney, you're in the hot seat this week. All right. Well, I have a good one for you guys. So uh, I know that you guys know that I am currently in the uh, KFPL and uh, my league match this week was uh, against uh, One Star Peeps. He has uh, his own YouTube channel. Go check him out. But the uh, game that we played, I completely and totally blanked on the... Uh, so he, he had a Medic Ingram and it was warded, obviously. And I had a Harbinger but I also had a second Harbinger and I completely forgot that if a Harbinger kills another Harbinger, it also gets the ward. So I didn't actually play the second Harbinger because I expected to be able to uh, fill my board with disc creatures after the first Harbinger killed everything. Oof. And so that was something that they actually, they they brought that up on the uh, chat afterwards, but um, just, just, Goes to show, remember that Harbinger kills Harbinger, kills all wards. Yeah, the double the double whammy. Mm-hmm. That sequencing can be very tricky. You can find us on Twitter at HFFS Podcast. You can find me as Scuzzy Gruen on Twitter, on Instagram, and on The Crucible. Sydney, where can they find you? I am still SC Steel on both TCO and Discord. And Blake, where can they find you? What do you got going on? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Boulevard Blake and on my YouTube, as I mentioned before, Boulevard Paper Fight, both with the BLVD for Boulevard. And uh, I just got my weekly content going on. And as I said, if you're my Patreon supporter, you will now have access to winning the decks that I am opening. Uh, more news on that in this weekly vlog that actually released today. So you can check that out. Uh, what I mentioned before, you can actually go check it out right after you listen to this. And um, yeah, hear more news about me giving decks away and how you can be part of that draw. An exciting proposition any which way you slice it. It has been such a pleasure. Once again, Sydney, so glad to have you aboard the podcast. The three of us will be back at you next week with another episode of Help from Future Self. Until then, stay forward.